Hello, and welcome to the first episode of The Drop Zone. I'm your host, Jack Dalio, and on this show, we take a look around the world of drones to find the most innovative technology that's helping drone delivery take flight. In this first episode, I'll be speaking with a couple of folks from companies that are delivering not food, not drinks, not parcels, but life-saving medical supplies, blood, vaccines, test kits, medicines. These are just a few of the things that these drone delivery companies are moving, and they pose unique challenges that have forced them to get creative. The first guest you'll hear from comes from the Bay Area-based company, Zipline. Zipline is known for its humanitarian drone deliveries in sub-Saharan Africa, where it's delivered more than one million COVID vaccines in Ghana and handles around three quarters of Rwanda's blood distribution outside of the capital city. They've been flying in the region since 2016, but since then, Zipline has come to the U.S. with services in North Carolina, Arkansas, and Utah. And just last week, Zipline secured a Part 135 aircraft certification from the FAA, giving it the longest delivery range of any drone delivery firm in the U.S. All told, the company has completed over 331,000 deliveries and delivered 3.2 million products to 25 million customers worldwide. You'll also hear from Zipline's Bay Area rival, Elroy Air. Elroy is a bit newer to the humanitarian drone delivery space, but its drones are built for medical deliveries that can transport heavier payloads over longer distances. Elroy's flagship drone is the Chaparral, which the company refers to as a cargo drone. The Chaparral can carry up to 500 pounds of payload over a distance of up to 300 miles, and its detachable cargo hold makes it easy for operators to load and unload vaccines, blood samples, medicines, and other medical cargo quickly. Elroy will deploy 100 Chaparral drones in sub-Saharan Africa through a partnership with Air Logistics, spelled AYR, an aircraft operator based in London. In a few moments, I'll be chatting with Okoma Moronu of Zipline. Then, later, I'll be joined by Elroy Air's Dave Merrill. You won't want to miss it. Hello, and welcome back to The Drop Zone. I am Jack Dalio, and I'm joined by my first ever guest, Okoma Moronu, Head of Aviation and Regulatory and Legal Affairs at Zipline. Uh, welcome to the show, Okoma. Thank you, Jack. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, so you're at Zipline, which I, I think is a little bit unique in the drone delivery space. Um, you know, I think that when people think of drone deliveries, they're thinking of a package being lowered into someone's backyard by a drone. Um, but that's not really what Zipline is all about. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about what you do for the company and kind of where your focus is? Absolutely. So I lead our um, aviation regulatory affairs and strategy function at Zipline. And I think a lot of what I do is spend time understanding sort of the current regulatory framework and how we need to revise that to, to integrate this new technology into our communities. And so I work with closely with our regulators, our government partners to understand this technology and understand what we need from regulations to enable our scale. So Koma, tell us a little bit about what Zipline does and sort of the mission behind the company when it comes to drone delivery. Sure, I'd be happy to. So Zipline is the is a company that built the first and only automated on-demand delivery service to operate at a national scale leveraging drone technology. And our mission is to create a logistic chain that serves humanity equally. And so we spent, you know, we started, our story started in Rwanda over seven years ago where we launched delivering delivery products from centralized locations, utilizing drones to get out to hundreds and thousands of facilities in remote and rural areas. And our on-demand service was able, allowed us 
to provide those facilities with access to products they wouldn't have otherwise been able to access, whether that was due, due to bad infrastructure, like roads that made it, you know, we, we took an hour drive down to 20 minute drone delivery, whether that's storage, we took, you know, places that didn't have good electricity, consistent electricity, can't store blood. And so they just couldn't provide services that involve blood. Um, we took mortality rates, you know, women who bleed out or who are having complications at delivery. All of those things were sort of the, the initial use case that drove our story. But today we operate at scale in Rwanda, Ghana. Um, we have operations here in the U.S. in both North Carolina and Arkansas. And we're scheduled to launch in both Nigeria Oh, in Nigeria, Kenya, and Cote d'Ivoire later this year. So a lot of exciting news um, for Zipline. So Zipline, for the most part, you're operating far away from cities uh, and rural areas areas that are less dense than even the U.S. suburbs, where we're kind of starting to see drone delivery really take off. Um, so what would you say are some of the challenges that are unique to humanitarian drone deliveries, uh, especially in some of the regions that Zipline operates in? When we think about humanitarian, the, the lessons that we learned and the challenges that we faced, you know, it became very clear that it's not enough to be able to deliver sometimes, right, in some weather conditions at like our convenience. It has to be built on like an efficient, integrated service that gets those products where they need to go, when they need to get there, quickly, reliably, and safely. And that is not just about building a robot that flies, so clearly you've got a couple of really specific challenges that you need to address in order to make that kind of network function, um, whether it's working in a rural area where there's maybe not enough internet connection or modifying your cargo hold to be able to, to hold vaccines and things like that. Um, so let's get into some of the tech that's helping you get around some of those challenges. And I want to start with a new piece of tech that Zipline actually just launched recently. Um, it's this new uh, detection and avoidance tech. Um, so how would you describe the new DAA to someone who doesn't really know much about the tech that goes into drones? I guess the first thing I'll do is define DAA, which is to detect and avoid technology, right? And so for folks who don't know much about um, drones, one of the struggles with scaling commercial operations is without a person on board, how does the aircraft see and avoid other aircraft in the air? Right? How does it autonomously um, sense the other traffic and ensure that we avoid any unnecessary collisions? And it, it was sort of years and years of experience that taught us sort of what does the technology need to do? And one of the things that Zipline is really good about is we try to solve the problem in front of us so that we can serve people quickly. And, one of, and what that taught us is that we needed a solution that was on board. We needed a solution that did not, as you've said, about infrastructure we work in places where relying on really big infrastructure projects to scale is not going to work. We had to be the ones to develop something that we could deploy to serve people. And so what we developed is basically a um, sensory, an array of microphones that listen to the airspace and are able to ingest the noise profiles and through AI technology, you know, really distinguish between different aircraft and um, triangulate the location of those aircraft, the speed and direction those aircraft are traveling in order to properly execute a maneuver to avoid those aircraft. And so that has been really exciting for us because this type of technology is the key to unlocking commercial drone delivery operations globally. 
And it is an elegant solution in that it allows us to sense the types of aircraft and the types of traffic that we, from our operational experience, understand are most likely to be the things that our drones are going to encounter while they're trying to do their jobs. Yeah, yeah. So that piece of tech is it's really helping drones as they navigate through the air. Um, I'm wondering what are some other pieces of the tech uh, that are powering these drones, either as they move through the air or when they're at the takeoff or the landing phase? <laughs> That's a good question. Um as I noted, you know, Zipline is the only company in the world that's sort of built as um, a automated on-demand delivery service that operates at like national scale. And what we learned is it it isn't just about the flying robot, right? <laughs> it's also about the the software that powers that robot. What does the autonomy platform really look like? Um, it's also about the flight operations and the fleet management. How do we make sure? you know, the right aircraft are where they need to be in order to serve the right people at the right time? How do we make sure the inventory is there and that we're supporting that fleet so that it's in the air when it needs to be? How are we maintaining that fleet? It's also um, customer management. There's nothing worse than when you're waiting for your Uber and it's supposed to be there in 10 minutes and then you see it turn around and go the wrong way. We don't want our drones to give our customers that experience, especially if it's a mother who just gave birth and needs that blood, especially if it's a child that just got you know, bit by a a dog and needs that rabies vaccine, or even if it's just a mom, you know, who ordered a birthday cake for her kid and is waiting in the backyard to receive it. We want to make sure that that customer experience is is spot on every time and that they can track their orders and that they know their products are going to show up when we say they're going to show up. And it's all of that, sort of that entire technology stack and how do we automate as much of that as possible and how do we build that out in a way that really, truly transforms our customers' experience. Um, so you've given us a really great rundown of some incredible drone tech. Um, but I'm going to hit you with what I think is the hardest question so far, uh, which is, you know, which piece of humanitarian drone tech makes you nerd out the most? Oh, that's such a good question. So I... Uh, it's hard to answer because I think what that comes back to is sort of really my personal um, story. You know, I, my family, we spend half the year living sort of in the remote juggles of Costa Rica. And I am someone who deeply believes that where you live shouldn't impact how you live. And that if we have the medicines, if we have the, the products, people should be able to have access to that. And people shouldn't have to leave the places that they call home in order to live the life they want with their families. And so for me, the fact that this technology does can do that for people and can create that sense of equality for those who don't live sort of with easy access is really exciting. And it makes all the long nights and all the difficult conversations and all the hard work worth it. It's that customer experience, that feeling that you can feel secure with where you live because you know if something happens, you can get the thing you need to to make your life that much better. Yeah, you're, you're really kind of building a more connected world and I can hear how passionate you are about it. And uh, I just want to say thanks again for, for coming on the show and enlightening us about um, some of the really fascinating tech that, that makes these humanitarian deliveries power. Um, and thank you for being our inaugural guest. Oh, my absolute pleasure and best of luck with the show. Thank you. You just heard about some groundbreaking medical drone tech from Oklahoma, but we're not done yet. Dave Merrill of Elroy Air will join me in a few moments. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome back to The Drop Zone. I'm Jack Dalio, and I'm now joined by my second guest, the CEO of Elroy Air, Dave Merrill. 
Uh, Dave, thanks for joining us today. Happy to be here, Jack. Thanks for having me. So the theme of this first episode of The Drop Zone is humanitarian drone deliveries. Uh, but that's not something that Elroy was really working on until fairly recently. Um, so tell us a little bit about how Elroy got its start and kind of which segment of drone delivery you're focused on. So we were we had become <clears throat> expert in you know the, the pieces of enabling tech like motors, motor control, batteries, kind of what the aircraft configurations were that would enable different flight profiles. And it was the it was the moment when folks in the industry had started to see this opportunity to develop air taxi vehicles. And, you know, companies like Joby and Volocopter had already started and were making progress on their systems. Um, but it was still really nascent. And so we got enthusiastic and we knew we were certain we could build something valuable, started the company. We were kind of holding a couple of use cases in our mind at the, at the same moment of like, well, should this be for passenger? Should this be for cargo? And, you know, the more we talked to people uh, like FedEx and the Marines and the Air Force and folks that do humanitarian deliveries um, with traditional helicopters, the more convinced we were that we could build an amazing, useful platform to carry cargo in the most austere remote places and safely deliver it with no risk to people and at a lower cost than traditional aircraft. And so I'd say by a few months in to the company history, we were all in and focused on cargo and just have been kind of turning that crank forward to build a system that uh, now we unveiled uh, this year, we unveiled our updated Chaparral aircraft and this is the one that we're taking into production and we'll be fielding with customers. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, Elroy recently started getting into humanitarian drone deliveries uh, through a partnership with a company called Air Logistics, spelled AYR, uh, from London. Can you tell us a little bit about how that partnership got started and what's happening with it now? Yeah, so we, you know, over the course of, of building Elroy Air, we have, um, we've been convinced we've we've known that humanitarian shipping would be a strong use case for the chaparral you know we've talked directly with the un and the world food program and they said yeah this would be a game changer because it's no risk to pilots uh lower operating costs than traditional helicopters the level of automation will help um and so we had that in the back of our mind, like, yes, this is going to be a place where Chaparral can serve, can solve a very urgent, real need in the world, um, help people very directly. And when we met Air Logistics, it was just clear to us that that was that they were a great partner for this. And they already operate in 45 countries. They operate a lot of helicopters. And they were looking to this new chapter of aerospace that's opening up now with um, autonomy with electric and hybrid electric aircraft systems. And uh, they recognized that the Chaparral could, could serve this need that they already knew they wanted to find a solution for. And so um, they, they're a great partner. And so we're building now toward being able to deploy Chaparral systems on some of the routes that they do today and then new routes that they don't even do yet. Um, and, you know, I think, I think it's a perfect use case because because of two things, really, the, the immediate need that we can serve really will help people that need 
goods in places that where it's hard to get that material to where it needs to go. And it also is a use case that I think we'll be able to serve earlier than some of the commercial use cases that are in more congested urban and suburban areas where the kind of regulatory hurdles to go through are going to be even higher. Yeah, working in those kinds of areas, it's really a model to, to kind of get this technology out in front of people and really demonstrate what it can do. Um, and so as part of this partnership, uh, Air is buying 100 of the, of the Chaparral drone, which is, which is Elroy's flagship model. Um, now, did you need to modify the design of that drone at all in order to kind of facilitate these humanitarian deliveries of things like blood and vaccines? Or did some of the same tech that goes into cargo deliveries kind of also apply to these deliveries? You know, there's two really unique things about Chaparral, um, aside from being an autonomous VTOL delivery drone. Uh, it's that it it's designed for long range and austere environments. So that's it's a hybrid electric powertrain allows us to do that. Much longer range on the Chaparral than a battery electric aircraft would be able to get, as well as the flexible ability to, to refuel it in a lot of different places. Um, so we can operate for customers like Air Logistics in places where the battery charging infrastructure doesn't yet exist, but the fueling infrastructure does. And so that's a really key distinction is that the Chaparral has been designed to not need um, heavy-duty, high-current battery charging infrastructure. It will operate in a lot more places because it it, it does take fuel, and it's, a, it's an efficient but a hybrid electric vehicle. The other is that it has a modular payload, <clears throat> so a cargo container that is not part of the vehicle. It's a separate it's a separate container, but that the vehicle picks up at location A, flies to B, and then deposits at location B. And that was designed for really efficient, rapid, um, you know, high throughput cargo, where the at the at the origin, multiple containers can be lined up and readied, and then the aircraft can just finish one mission, taxi itself right over, pick up the next container, and fly out with that container. And so, in a way, it's like drop freight, where you know, with drop freight with trucking, you have a separate truck, you know, the cab or the power unit, as it gets called, and the trailer. Uh, and that power unit can pick up a load and go. It doesn't have to wait around. So the driver and the truck don't have to wait while that that trailer gets loaded piece by piece. They can just pick it and go if that operation is is being operated efficiently. And so we want to just embody that same efficiency where the aircraft doesn't have to wait on the tarmac to get loaded, doesn't have to wait at the destination to get unloaded. It can just pick up and drop off these pods. So those are the two really unique things about Chaparral that make it um, laser focused on cargo logistics as the use case is the long range and kind of flexible, flexible basing, as well as that modular cargo container. But to kind of loop all the way around to your question, um, you know, it looks like the standard cargo container, same container that we can deploy for FedEx can be used for a humanitarian mission. Um, there are some interesting options for more kind of uh, exquisite payloads. Like if something needs refrigeration, we could develop a refrigerated payload, kind of like a reefer um, uh, uh, trailer for a truck, refrigerated uh, truck trailer. We could do that with our container. Um, it, it's flexible because it's not part of the vehicle itself. It's not integral to the aircraft. 
but yeah, that's for the by and large, it looks like the same container will be applicable to multiple use cases as well. So I'll, I'll send us off here with what I consider to be the toughest question of all, which is uh, which piece of humanitarian drone tech makes you nerd out the most? You know, the, I think this is probably because we've done a lot of work on this, but I get really nerded out on these kind of delivery mechanisms, like how, how the actual delivery gets done. Um, and so, you know, like I mentioned, we've got this really sophisticated system where the aircraft will um, taxi itself to a payload, locate where the payload is, pick it up, secure it, deliver it to a destination, deposit it, taxi over, pick up another one. So we've automated that kind of end-to-end warehouse-to-warehouse um, flow of how that payload moves around. Um, and I really, I, I nerd out on what other people are doing there too. Like, it's cool to see zipline dropping parachutes and landing things in the right spot. Um, you know, the Google wing drone that has a way to lower its payload down to the ground. And then it's got a kind of quick release so that if anybody comes up and tries to swing on the rope, like they're not going to bring the drone down to crash on their head. It's going to let go of the rope. Um, so, you know, everybody's trying to solve this problem of like, how do you gracefully deliver a thing from one place to another? And I think, um, you know, what we've done makes a lot of sense for the scale of payload that we're carrying, like 300, 400, 500 pounds at a time that the aircraft will, you know, land and deposit safely and carefully in the ground and then can taxi over and pick up another one. But, um, you know, the flight is obviously really amazing and it's this, been this human dream for a long time and we started to do it 100 years ago. Um, and, and that's that's part of the fun too, um, just building things that fly. But in my mind, this kind of interface of like how the aircraft actually delivers the thing is really uh, interesting. And I love, I love what we've done and I love seeing what other companies are doing too. Yeah, I think people really forget that, um, you know, to make drone delivery work through the air, you need to have infrastructure on the ground. It's, it's just as important. Um, so thanks, Dave, for, for joining us on this first episode of The Drop Zone. Uh, you've been a great guest. Happy to be here, Jack. Um, glad to participate. Thanks. Well, Okoma and Dave said it better than I could, but suffice it to say, there's a lot more that goes into humanitarian drone deliveries than meets the eye. The technology needs to be not only reliable and repeatable, but it needs to take humans out of the equation as much as possible. That means drones need to adopt highly advanced onboard systems. You've heard about detection and avoidance systems like Zipline's DAA, modular cargo holds like Elroy Air's Chaparral, and a host of other physical features that allow delivery drones to carry vaccines, medicines, blood samples, and more. You also heard about the more software-oriented parts of humanitarian drone tech. Zipline and Elroy talked about the sophisticated programs they use to control just about every aspect of the flying process, from takeoff and landing to cruising to the loading and unloading of cargo. But in order to power the tech in the air, there needs to be tech on the ground too. That's why, as our guest mentioned, Humanitarian drone delivery firms are installing tech-enabled facilities, warehouses, and loading stations to prepare their inventory for takeoff. From the ground to the air and everywhere in between, tech is making drone deliveries of things like blood and vaccines a reality for people in regions that have been denied access to crucial medical supplies in the past. If you liked hearing from Akoma and Dave, don't worry, there's more where that came from. You'll be able to dip your toes into the world of drone tech even more next month when the Drop Zone returns for its next installment with two new guests. Until then, thanks for dropping in.